Well, welcome everyone to the Spend Life Well Show, where we discuss financial terms and things and financial life and then put it in the context of biblical wisdom. Well, thanks for joining us today. I'm joined in the studio today, as always, by my co-host and fellow financial professional, Jesse Hamilton. Hey, Mark. How's it going? Good. You know, Jesse, you were out last episode um, traveling around the world and things like that. Yeah, we're glad that you're back. But um, today's program... I uh, thought we'd, we'd go into a little bit of the terminology because yeah. sometimes uh, we can we can get lost in the terminology uh, of different things if we don't understand them. And, and sometimes it's funny that people don't want to admit that they don't know what these things mean. That's right. And they're, they're a functioning member of society, but they don't know what these mean. And that's okay. Well, I mean, a lot of people don't know what a lot of financial terms mean. And, and we kind of just throw them out like they're, they're everyday Right. Secondhand language that we, you know, common language mm-hmm. we use is if we were just on a playground playing with our friends and stuff. It, um, it happened actually a couple of weeks ago. One friend of mine is like, I'm sorry, but can you tell me just the basics again? Because I don't know what they are. Right. So we thought we'd go through uh, about 15 or so different terms that are kind of frequently used in our business or world, if you will. And have a little discussion about these. Now, it's interesting that there are a number of different instances we talk about different, these different terms. There's probably a biblical application to that, and we can find right. reference to a certain type of thing here in the Bible. We're not going to go into that too much today, but we are going to go through the general terms. And, and hopefully these will help you as you're reading about things, you can understand what this particular term means. So, Jesse, let's start off with the thing that kind of drives everything uh, in our world, and that is the stock. What What yes. is a stock? So the official definition of a stock is uh, a, an equity, a security that represents ownership in the fraction of an issuing corporation. Excuse so, me. Yeah. Oh, I'm yawning. Oh, oh, sorry about that. You, 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 you basically, were... uh, you own a little tiny piece of somebody else's company. Yeah, so, so I, I, was, I was obviously acting. <laughs> acting here. Acting out, if you will, or acting up. Uh, so stock represents an individual unit of ownership within a public corporation. If we're talking right. about the U.S. here, within a public corporation. And as a shareholder, there are different classes of shareholders There are uh, when you're a stock owner. We're really referring to the, um, the common stock shareholder. Correct. Yeah, which can be millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of shares. And we'll have to we'll have to some, one day have an episode on the different share classes or different types of stocks, bonds, mm-hmm. and things of that nature, so that we can get into a little bit and what happens if your company goes bankrupt right. that you own. So, so speaking of bonds, that's our next term. Yeah, uh, it's a that's a fixed income instrument that represents a loan made by an investor to a borrower. So it's like a a written down IOU, right? Yeah. And this is this is an IOU between the lender and the borrower. Now, what are some applications to this? Bonds are used by companies, uh, by banks. cities, states, mm-hmm. banks, uh, all all the different types of uh, financial projects and operations. Owners or bonds are debt holders or creditors of the bar or by the borrower. Okay, right. All so right. the, these companies and banks need cash, so they issue these bonds and they get the the money that they need. So bonds. Uh, typically are there's a there's a payment of principal and interest mm-hmm. and the principal of the loan is due uh, to be paid to the bond owner and usually with some different types of terms it could be variable interest rates it could be fixed interest rates but 
the the principal and interest is due to uh, the uh, bond holder or the excuse me the yeah the bond holder mm-hmm. by the issuer of the bond. Okay, right. So so those are the two basics that we really wanted to cover. Um, that a lot of these things are based off of. Right. Now a lot of times, um, um, you know, there's a there's a pecking order if if you will. Let's say that, uh, well, let's pick on Silicon Valley Bank, okay? okay? So if, if Silicon Valley Bank grows, files for bankruptcy, which they didn't, they just closed. Right. They, they're going through that process now. But um, they closed. There are stockholders and there are bondholders. There are different degrees of stockholders and different degrees of bondholders. We won't get into that too much, but typically the pecking order is that bondholders get paid back first, right? Then the common uh, stock owners get paid back secondly. And if you're in finance 101 at a university, you're welcome. You just got the answers to your first test. Oh, really? I didn't realize it was on that <laughs> test. Okay. So, so, uh, but in the case of Silicon Valley Bank, both of them were both stockholders and bondholders were wiped out. Yeah. In order to keep the deposit- depositors uh, whole. So let's jump in a little bit here. Uh, here's some other terms, Jesse. I wanted to make sure that our listeners were aware of. What about an annuity? What's an annuity? Everybody's asking this because they don't really understand it. An annuity is a contract between you and an insurance company in uh, which you either make a lump sum payment or a series of payments and in return receive regular distributions either immediately or sometime in the future. Okay. Now, we're not going to get in today to the different types of annuities because yes, there are many the, kinds. The main, the main point you want to be aware of, it is it is a, a contract between you, the investor, and an insurance company. Right. There are fixed annuities. There are immediate annuities. There are deferred annuities. These are basically some of the, the different types of annuities. Maybe we'll have a show sometime where we talk about those in detail. The main characteristic is a series of payments. Uh, yeah, that you can get from that. Or sometimes it's just a, a way for um, uh, deferring something. Right. But There's lots of benefits to them, lots of drawbacks as well. So. so we won't get into the nuances of that today, but we wanted you to be familiar with the term annuity. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something that we're in right now, Jesse, that um, you probably have heard. If you've ever been visited Wall Street in downtown Manhattan, right in front of the exchanges, there is a giant statue there's actually three statues, but the two I'm talking about are the bull, which is a big bull, mm-hmm. and he's about putting his head, horns down trying to run over the a bear. Bear. This and is so, one of the many animal pairs we have in finance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's bulls and bears, and a bear market is really what? Uh, it's when a market index declines by 20% or more from a recent high. Okay. So last year, we were in a bear market. Right. Now... There's a lot of lot in the media that will define that very literally, and they'll say, well, the, NAS, the NASDAQ index is no longer in a bear market, which we don't think that's the case. But when you hear the term bear market, that generally refers to a 20% decline from the most recent highest peak in right. the market. Okay? So what's a bull market? The bull market's the opposite, is when we're not in a bear market. It's when the indexes are generally moving up. There's not a, a numeric value to a bull market, but it's when things are great and prices are going up. Right. And and so are we in a bull market now? Well, no, I don't think so. I think we're still trying to figure out where the bottom of the market is right. in this economy. But bulls, we most people prefer a bull 
market over a bear market. Mm -hmm. And there are some that love bear markets too. So. And these get categorized too. If you watch the financial markets on the news, they're going to say the bulls and the bears. That's what they're talking about. Exactly. So now here's another qu uh, question for your finance uh, exam, if you have one, and that's capital. So okay. what is capital? Uh, capital is a broad term that can describe anything that confers value or benefit to its owners. So okay. lots so, of a very broad term. here. Yeah, the lots of different definitions. Um, you know, money itself can be construed as capital. Mm -hmm. uh, capital is really more associated with cash that is being put out to work for something productive. So yeah. we think of think of scripture, think of the parable of the talents and uh, the, the, the owner gave, the manager gave three different sub-managers, uh, different amounts, and they were to, expected to put it right. to work. The amounts given were the capital. That's right. And so we as, as believers are expected to be good stewards with our capital, and we should mm -hmm. be putting that to work. But So what's some common examples? you got personal savings. Right. Right. You've got different types of investors, angel investors and venture capitalists. This is a world that I used to be in many yep. years ago. Uh, you've got corporations that are taking their their proceeds from people buying the stocks mm -hmm. or loans that were given through bonds uh, to the corporation. These um, are all the sources of capital. Yeah, right? exactly. That's where you can get it from. So, so you know, that's something that's important. Capital is a, a type of, of cash really put to work in good use. Okay. Right. So here's what uh, Albert Einstein called the eighth wonder of the world. Yep. And that was compound interest. Right. So that's when you earn interest on your interest, which might sound confusing, but uh, it makes sense when you look at it over time. So compound interest is one of the most powerful tools that will help us right. grow our wealth and build that. So being pay, paying attention to uh, the interest rates and whether or not and how frequently that is compounded is very important when you're talking about really deposit accounts is uh, right. for our capital. Mm -hmm. All right, this is a big one. What, Jesse, what is a fiduciary, a fiduciary? I, I, spelt, <laughs> I spelt it out phonetically there, fiduciary. Um, well, yeah. it's, a, it's a person or an organization that acts on behalf of another person or persons. But they, but they put the client's interest that ahead of their the own. That is a big di di differentiation there that a fiduciary is someone that always puts their client's interest Mm -hmm. first. Yeah, they and, have a, a legal and an ethical uh, reason to do that. Right. Now, within our industry, there uh, there are a lot of talk about what's, what is a fiduciary, what is a, a um, you know, doing something that's just uh, feasible or suitable for someone. Mm -hmm. And we like to explain this a little bit. Suitability is a test that uh, applies to about 95% of the financial industry is if if you say it's suitable for you, that that meets the test. So if you wanted to come and buy, and this happened a lot back in the second Gulf War, a lot of people came to us and said, uh, we want to buy Iraqi dinaris because America is going to liberate that country and we're going to turn their, you know, yeah. someone that didn't have a, a very good understanding of how currencies work. Um, it was not a suitable investment for most people. Fiduciary is doing what's in the best interest. But if you came to me, Jesse, and said, yeah, 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 I know, I understand about currencies, and I can tell you don't, but you say you do, then you've passed the test for the suitability standard. And someone that doesn't adhere to this higher level of standard, the fiduciary standard, uh, but would be willing to sell that to you. Right. We are fiduciaries, 
we're not allowed to do things that are not in your best interest. Right. And okay. fiduciaries have to pass a certain level of examination as well. Okay. So let's talk about something that's going on the last 18 months, and that's inflation. Yes. That's a rise in prices, which can be translated as the decline of purchasing power. So what is purchasing power? Well, it's basically, I used to do this all the time when we do live workshops. I would put up a ba uh, five bags of groceries uh, from whatever grocery store you go to. I said in 2000, $100 will buy you five bags of groceries. Yeah. In 2023, that $100 will buy you maybe two bags of groceries. Right. That purchasing power is limiting on time. That's due to inflation, which can have an impact not only on our purchasing power, but also uh, the price of stocks and bonds. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's talk about liquidity. Liquidity refers to the efficiency or ease of which an asset or security can be converted into ready cash. Right. So maybe two extremes would be um, a highly traded stock would be very, very liquid. And maybe your house, you can't just go sell that in a day and get all the money. Right. So, the, so maybe that's not, in certain very, markets, not but... very liquid anymore. Okay. Right. All right. So that's liquidity. Next on our list is mutual funds. Now, mutual funds are a little bit different. Um, if you, When you're choosing to invest in a mutual fund, you're pooling your money together with a bunch of other investors right. into one account that's typically managed by a professional fund manager. And these types of investments can include common stock, different types of asset classes, different types of bonds, cash, and so forth. But instead of having to go out and buy 200 different stocks, which would be really expensive, yes. I can pool my money with other investors into a mutual fund that will allow me to buy fractions of those particular stocks or bonds. Okay? Right. And there's a lot more power when the money is pooled together. And also you get the professional management and it's governed by the United States Securities. This this next topic came, comes up a lot. You're talking about securities. This comes up a lot in my life group because we have a couple of folks that like to talk about stuff. And so securities, you know, the term security is really a, it refers to a fungible, non-negotiable financial instrument, okay, that held some monetary value, right? Now, this is not to be confused with NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens, <laughs> non -fungibles. which were kind of popular back in the day. Now I don't see as many NFTs on billboards anywhere. Uh, but a security can represent ownership in a corporation in the form of a stock, maybe a uh, credit relationship or so forth in the form of a bond. Yeah. And so that's something that's really important for people to remember that security refers to a fungible, non-negotiable financial instrument in exchange for that has monetary value. Yeah, right. What about a stockbroker? What's a stockbroker? This is a this is a bad term, at least in our field, because we <laughs> prefer to refer to ourselves as financial advisor. But back in the day, when I first started investing, I had to call up a stockbroker. Now, what is a stockbroker? A stockbroker, also known as a stock trader, a person who attempts to profit from the purchase and sale of securities. So it's somebody that is, if you envision the old movies where they're on the stock exchange floor and they're buying and selling. So yeah. That, that is a floor agent. But if I wanted to buy stock, then I had to go through a stock broker who made money on a commission, whether I made money or not, both buying and selling. And it's not really a frequent type of uh, term we hear about very much. It's not. I, I do hear this term from uh, my older generation friends. They say it quite a bit and in the movies too. So let's take up one more. And this is a common one that you'll see in your 401k plans, but it's called a target date fund. Yes, this is a very important one that we'd like you to understand. 
A target date fund is a, is a structured investment that seeks to maximize the returns by a specific date. And that just means that it's a mutual fund that's designed to be liquidated on a certain date. So examples of some target date funds might be a target retirement date fund. Yes, those are very popular in your workplace plans. And so they came about after the great financial crisis. They really exploded on the scene. And a lot of people think that they are on autopilot and uh, taking care of folks' retirement because... Those are two very different things, though. Right. They, th- they think that, well, they know when I'm going to retire, so therefore right. it's doing what it needs I to do. I would argue that they are on autopilot, but that does not mean they're taking care of that's your not, needs. That's not initially a good thing. So target date mutual funds are often selected by investors towards um, a retirement goal. But um, you want to be careful about those funds. But that's a very popular type of fund is a target date fund. If you want to learn more about these or any other topics, folks, you can visit us at spendlifewell.com or just simply give us a call, 800-491-4508. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, You've been listening to the Spend Life Well Show. Until next week, God bless you and your family.